sermon text this morning is from Luke 7, 36 through 50. One of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at table. And behold, a woman of the city, who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment, and stained it behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I had something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of him will love him more? Simon answered, the one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, you have judged rightly. Then, turning towards the woman, he said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss. But from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven. For she loved much, but he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, your sins are forgiven. The those who were at table with him began to say among themselves, who is this? Who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Can we say praise the Lord? Praise the Lord. As they say in Africa, can we say praise to the Lord? Praise the Lord. Amen. We, I thank God for uh, you all inviting us to come and share with, you, uh, share with you all during this worship service. I want to first of all also thank those of you that have supported Christ Community Church over the last 22 years and with your prayers. And I pray God continue to bless First Evan. I thank God for the warriors on the wall that prayed for us uh, when we started in Lamont Terrace. I got very emotional seeing many of you, some of you I've been on a mission trip with, and uh, thank God for you. Let us pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you forgive me of every sin that I've committed. I place this under the blood of Jesus. Lord, that you will anoint your word, oh God, in the name of Jesus. Forgive me for every ungodly thought that I've entertained longer than I should have, or every ungodly word that I've spoken. Use me for your glory. Bless your word now in Jesus' name. Amen. As we see in the text where Jesus was invited to dinner by a Pharisee named Simon. And when Simon invited Jesus, we have to really question his motive because you see in the previous text in this particular chapter that Jesus healed and brought back to life a little young boy who was born. Uh, his mother was, uh, the little boy was 
the little young man really, she was the son of a widow woman. And so Jesus, when he brought the boy back to life, the Bible said that his fame spread it all over. And what comes to my mind is uh, Simon no doubt heard about the fame of Jesus. After hearing about the fame of Jesus, he said, well, I want to invite him to dinner. So Jesus never missed an opportunity to be a witness to, so he could let people see who he, who he really is. And so we pick up on the text. When Simon invited him, what comes to my mind is, what was his motive? What was his motive? Why did he invite Jesus to dinner? Well, one thing that I do in my personal life, I hope you do the same thing, whatever you do, question your motive. Why are you doing what you do? Are you doing it for the glory of God? The Bible tells us, whatever we do, work with all of our hearts unto God and not man. But here we see what Simon, one of the Pharisees, in other words, he was a religious person, and he really felt like he didn't even need God in his life. And the Bible said he invited Jesus to dinner with him, and when he came in, and let me just lay this setting out. As he invited Jesus to dinner in his house, and here you have people that from the from this uh, roundabout area will come in, and they will stand around and watch those that were having dinner. And it reminded me of today's a talk show. Like we look at the late talk show where people sit in the audience, and these people would sit there and they would listen to the people that are having dinner. And so they were sitting around, the, the people that was eating the dinner will, will be reclined at the table with their elbows out and they will eat and they will talk about theological things, social things, and the things of the culture, and why the other people will sit around and listen. And so Simon wanted to invite Jesus. And the Bible said that uh, when Jesus was eating at the, at the Pharisee's house, so she came in, talking about the woman, that came in, the lights no doubt were probably dim, they knew about her. The Bible says she came in with them with an alabaster box. And this was a, a, a jar that even imported from Egypt and had costly perfume in it. And the Bible says she stood behind him at his feet. Stood behind him at his feet. She began to weep. She got very emotional. She got very emotional. Sometimes when I think about what God has saved me from, I get very emotional. When I was hearing that song, Christ Alone, that's who saved me and hopefully saved you. I can't help but to cry sometimes because he saved me from my past sin, my present sins, my future sin. And I get excited about it. And I think that we all should be excited about what God has done for us. So as she was emotional, and the Bible says she stood there and she started weeping. And when we look at the word weeping, it, it means that she was full of tears. In other words, her tear gate was just flooded with tears, crying. And then Simon asked if he was a prophet, if Jesus was a prophet. That means he didn't know who Jesus is. He's more than a prophet. 
He's more than a prophet. He is God incarnated. And Simon didn't know that. And the Bible said, then she began to wipe his feet with her tears. And, and she let down her hair to indicate that she was a woman of the world. And it's implied that she was a, a prostitute. And Simon didn't know who this woman was. He didn't know who Jesus is. And so what did she do? The Bible says she kissed them and poured perfume on them. She took what was expensive and poured the perfume on his, his feet, his dirty, muddy, dirty feet as she was standing by. And he, if he knew who she was, he wouldn't let her touch him. But I thank God that he didn't know that who Jesus is, but he was going to find out. He was going to find out. Then the Bible said, then the Pharisees who invited him saw this, and he said to himself, what comes to my mind is, coming to himself, he's thinking and not understanding who Jesus is, Jesus knows our thoughts. He knows, y'all can say amen. Y'all kind of quiet in here. It's an insult for those of us to have bad thoughts and think that God does not know our thoughts. One thing that I learned about God, God has never learned anything. He knows our thoughts are far off. And for Simon to think that Jesus can interpret what he was thinking is an insult. And we as Christians have bad thoughts about people. And if the Holy Spirit does not convict us about sin, you need to check yourself. You need to check and see if the Holy Spirit is really ministering in your life. And so as Simon was thinking in his mind, if this man, if this man, he didn't understand who Jesus is, if this man knew who was touching him, and what comes to my mind is, Simon didn't know the work of God. Jesus came to save those that are sinners. But one of the problems is religious people, religious people think that they don't need God. Religious people, the people that think that they were born a Christian. Sometimes I witness to people and I might ask them, how long have you been a Christian? And they tell me, all of my life. And I ask them, how did that happen? How did it happen that you have been a Christian all of your life? And then they started breaking down that when they accepted Christ, those that have been born in a family and raised in a culture where they know who learn about, heard about Jesus, and they start coming to church, and they start doing things around the church. But when did you make a confession of your sin? When did you accept Christ? When did you ask Jesus to come into your life? Jesus asked, answered him, Simon, I have something to say to you. Tell me, teacher, he said. He said, two people owe money to a certain money lender. One owe him 500 denarii and the other one 50. 500 denarii is about a year and a half of wages. 50 is about two months. He said, neither of them had the money 
to pay back. And when I read this, I thought about how many of us had a debt that we couldn't pay? How many, how many of us had a debt that we owe God that we couldn't pay? If you had one sin in your life, you couldn't pay that debt because it was too much. Some of us think that it took more of God's grace to save other people than it did us. It took the same amount of grace to save you if you only committed one sin than it did for a person that lived a life of a sinner. And one thing that Simon did not understand who Jesus is, if he had checked the record, he would have found out that Jesus, gene genealogist, come with a prostitute. Rahab the harlot was part of his earthly genealogy. So Jesus came to seek and to save those of us that were lost. But religious people can't see it. Religious people have a tendency to look down upon somebody else where they think are worse off than they are. But I'm coming to tell you, brothers and sisters, we all was in a pickle. We all was on our way to hell. And Jesus came down to save us from our sins. He came to save all of us. Some of us look around because of uh, uh, our profession or our community, our uh, zip code or, or whatever, we have a tendency to look down upon other people, but we all needed a Savior. And he said two people had a debt that they could not pay. We had a debt that we could not pay. One sin will keep you out of heaven. One sin will send you to hell. And he said to him, he said, now which of them will love the more if they have been forgiven? Simon replied, I suppose the one who had the bigger debt, who had the largest amount that owed, uh, to owe the, the lender. He said, you have judged correctly, Jesus said. And then he turned towards the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? No doubt Simon said, yeah, I've been watching her as she came in here. She wasn't invited. And if I had known that she was in here, I would have, I would have disbanded everybody and closed, closed this dinner down because uh, I don't want, I don't want to uh, be associated. I don't want a woman like, the, like her in my house. Do we have people like that today? I look around today and I think what has happened today is that the church of God, those of us that have been born again, have not gone out into the world to let the people know what Jesus looked like. Jesus said, men will know that you're my disciples if you have love one for the other. Jesus left here and left us in charge as ambassadors for him to represent him in this world. And we look around in this world today and we see all kinds of problems. We see uh, gang violence, we see shooting, we see uh, prostitution, we see how the people uh, that are so perverted in their lifestyle have come out of the closet and we are said, leave the door open and let us in. We are hidden. We are not going out evangelizing to show the love of Christ. 
And that's what we have done. We have been so critical about people that have not lived up to the lifestyle that we are now living as if we were born living like this. But you, you have been born again. You've been born of God's spirit. And then we need to show people what Christ looked like in our lives. How can we show people what Christ looked like in our lives if we are hidden? If we in the church and not going out and showing people what Christ looked like. That's a good place for amen. He told Simon, he said, yes, you're judged right. And then he turned towards the woman and said to her, do, do you see this woman? I came into your house and you did not give me any water for my feet. It was customary. It was customary for a person to come in and they will give water or either have the lowest slave in the family to wash a person's feet. And I think about what Jesus did. Jesus washed his disciples' feet, showing how, what, what a leader looks like, how we as servants of God need to do things to let people know that we are not high-minded. We are not full of pride like this Pharisee. He said, you see this woman? He said, I came into your house, and you did not give me any water for my feet. But she wet my feet without tears. Without tears, when the last time you got emotional about Jesus coming to your life and saving you? When you hear a song, Christ Alone, how he went to the cross, those same feet that the woman was weeping and wiping her tears, uh, wiping his, her, Jesus' feet with her tears, wiping them with her hair on her head was the same feet that was going to go to the cross and was going to be pierced for her sins. That's another. Hey, thank you very much. He said, you did not give me water for my feet, but she had not stopped uh, with her tears, wiping my feet with them and with her hair, which was a sign of, uh, of disgrace or immoral for her to take her hair down and to wipe her, his feet with her, with her hair. He said, you did not give me a kiss. But this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. Can you imagine? She was so glad to be in the house with Jesus. She didn't have to be invited. She said, I heard that Jesus was going to be at this Pharisee's house. She knew that she was being disliked about him, by the Pharisees. She knew how they felt about us. But she wouldn't let that stop her from going around Jesus because where Jesus is, everybody is welcome. Thank you for the amen. And then the Bible said, I entered, and, and uh, you did not put oil on my head, but she poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins, her many sins, her many sins have been forgiven. Her many sins have been forgiven. To forgive much, we owe much for the kingdom of God. We need to think about what God saved us from and what he saved us to. He saved us from our sins and he saved us to good works. 
for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God for by grace. Grace is what we can't earn and we don't deserve. And some of us, as I said before, think that it took more grace to save other people than it took to save us. But it took the same amount. Jesus didn't leave heaven and come halfway to the earth to save those that felt like that they was righteous. Jesus came all the way from heaven, all the way to the cross to save us from our sins. Thank you very much. He says, so her sins have been many, as her great love have shown. Her great love has shown. How do we show that we love Jesus? Well, the scripture tells us, if we love him, we will do what? We will keep his commandments. And not some of them, but all of them. What are, what are the commandments? Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, and soul. And what else? Love thy neighbor as thyself. That's what God says. But whoever has been forgiven little loves little. How much do you love Jesus? How much do I love Jesus? We should love Jesus with all of our hearts. Let me tell you, we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve to go to heaven. God, with this love, came down to save us. So, as the Bible said, for by grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. But we are his workmanship. We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good work, for God has preordained that we should walk therein. That we should walk therein. In other words, brothers and sisters, we don't deserve salvation. We don't deserve to go to heaven. But God said, I'm going to give you a free gift, plus I'm going to reward you for what you do in this life. When we go to heaven, God is going to reward us when we stand before God. What are we doing? What are we doing for the cause of Christ? Are we all in for the all in? Are we sold out for Jesus? Are we living all we know for Jesus Christ? Sometimes people... When we are attending here, uh, and then sometimes we interact with people, and people will say sometime, or Pastor Walker, uh, Lamar, I, I really admire you and Donna for going down where you are going and, and serving the people in, in, in the 38126 zip code. And I have to tell people, that's, that's not anything to be commended about, for I am from there. I was born and raised in 38126 zip code. So it's not unusual. But, 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 but Pastor Walker, you're going down there as if I, I'm not like them. I am like them. I am because I want to show the love of Christ. I want to show people what God has done in my life and I know he can do the same thing in other people's lives. For the Bible said, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. All 
things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. I had to show the love of Christ and go down there. I had to let people know that I got Jesus in my life. Many of the people that I raised up with, they're not down there anymore. A lot of them are dead or been in prison, in jail, and in their own drugs. But I want to show people what God has done for my life because he saved me from much and I owe much. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Have God, have you asked Jesus to come into your life? Have you asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins? Or do you still carry around because you do religious activity? I wouldn't let a sinner beat me serving God. I wouldn't let a sinner beat me loving people. I heard Agent Roger say years ago, the, most, the people that are most difficult to love are the ones that need it the most. We live in a perverted world today. They pass the laws. Where it's recognized a person not for rights but for sexual perversion. And we as Christians sitting back, watching, and not doing anything. The least we can do is not be condemning, but go out and show the love of Christ. He said, because of your sins, your sins are many, but they are forgiven. The other guests began to say among themselves, God can read their mind. God knows what's going on. He said, who is this? Who even forgives sins? Who is this that can even forgive sins? All they had to do was check the Old Testament. Isaiah said he was bruised for, for our iniquity. He was bruised for us. It, it, it talked about the birth of Christ because Jesus was going to come and save those that want to be saved. He's the only one to, to forgive sin. The Bible tells us in Acts, there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no other name but Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the only way. Jesus said, I am the truth and the life. No man can come unto the Father but by me. He was either God incarnated or he was a liar. I said he was God incarnated. I said that he is the king of kings and the lords of lords. He is the one that came down from glory to die for our sin. Jesus is the only way. He is the only way. We don't have to wonder, should I choose door number one or door number two or door number three? We don't have to worry about that because there's only one door. They begin to say to themselves, who is able to forgive sin? Jesus said to the woman, your faith have saved you. For by grace are we saved through faith. What is faith? It's not a leap in the dark. It's not walking blindly. Faith is trusting God will do what he say will do. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Your faith have saved you. Go in peace. Go in peace. There's two types of peace. There's two types of peace. That's a peace with God. 
that's what all men long for, the peace with God. The only way you can have peace with God is ask Jesus to give you, uh, to come into your life. And then he will reconcile you to himself. And then the peace of God. That's what all saints should have. The peace with God, you can't have the peace of God until you have peace with God. Once we get the peace with God, we have to have peace of God. There are some things in this world will cause you not to have peace of God. Sin will have you not to have peace of God. And you need to get it right. You need to get it right. The Holy Spirit will help you to get it right. And so you can have the peace with God and have the peace of God in your life. Thank you and God bless you. Let us pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you, O oh God, that you have touched our lives. We thank you, O oh God, that you've given us this passage of Scripture to let us see religiosity will not save us. All the things that we do, we pray, O oh God, that we will do it for your glory. O oh God, in the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, that we will work while it's day, realizing when night coming, no man can work. We thank you, O oh God, that you have written our names in the Lamb Book of Life. We pray, Lord, that you use us, use this church, use your bride to, to be our evidence, be a factor for this world that, that is lost. Bless us now, if any among us, oh God, even though they've been in church for so many years, and if they have not accepted you in the, in the pardon of their sins, we pray, Lord, that they will not be puffed up with pride, that they will accept you and come and ask, what might I do to be saved? And we can tell them to believe in the only begotten Son of God, and thou shalt be saved. As the scripture said, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Thank you, oh God, in Jesus' name, amen.